Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Okay, tonight uh, we're going to be talking about education. And I had a really interesting dialogue with Michael Sunday about the subject. You know, he's got five kids. And so he's thinking about how am I going to, how am I going to bring my kids, because he homeschools all of his children. And he's encouraging them all to think about, you know, skill, skill training, vocational training specific skill sets rather than getting into this liberal arts and humanities, you know, and, and all these uh, philosophy classes and and the tolerance classes and the sexual, uh, all this sexualizing and, and all this stuff. But, Ed, you've had a lot of experience in your life in the educational system. Just give us your overview of of kind of the modus operandi of the system and what it requires and your thoughts on it. Wow. You know, that, that there's so much. It <laughs> is, let, let me first of all, let me first of all start and say that it is part of a conspiracy. It is part of a cons, an antichrist conspiracy to uh, Judaize the minds of the populace. It, it's happening not just in the educational system, but it's happening in the churches as well. So uh, Charlotte Iserbite wrote a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, and I, I uh, attached it in response to just a few minutes ago to your email invitation for this call. And it's a PDF document, and she documents uh, the deliberate conspiracy to dumb down children, to in uh, enculturate them into a socialist mindset, antichrist oh, yeah. mindset, a godless mindset, and uh, it is it is a conspiracy. Uh, it is not an educational system. It's a system of indoctrination, is what it is. So, yeah. in in order to advance in this system of indoctr indoctrination, in order to get the good grades, you have to go along with the program. Yep. So uh, I'll give you an example of what's ha what, what I discovered happening with my children. Uh, in uh, It started in grade school. They're doing it in grade school, okay? And uh, it is this a math program called Everyday Math. Uh, and I have a lot of information on that that I can send anybody who's interested. And Everyday Math is basically a mathematical system that, and, and this is not, this is just part. This is just one, I'm just looking at one, one little teeny-weeny aspect of what they're doing. They, they, they really are trying to make the children stupid. So they're just smart enough to run the machines, but not smart enough to question what's actually going on, okay? So yeah. they... They cripple, they cripple these children. So, for instance, simple arithmetic is no longer taught. Okay, with everyday math, the child can choose what type of equation he would like and what method he would like to solve a, a problem. So he can choose his own method, okay, which sounds insane, and it is. Why? Mm -hmm. They do this, and it's in the textbook, and they explain it quite simply, that the, the principle of the textbook, the point of the textbook, is to teach children how to solve a problem efficiently. Now, you would think that would be a good objective, okay? Mm -hmm. How to solve a math problem efficiently, that you think, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, understand this, however that when you're teaching young children how to do something, all right, they're not at the point of doing anything efficient. They're just trying to learn the basics. And what ends up happening 
is the children get so frustrated with the different methods that are taught to solve a problem. They will teach them literally two, three, four, five different ways to solve a problem in order yep. to expand, they say, the creativity of the child. And they even let the child use their, they try to develop their own method, okay? And I'm not kidding you. And so what happens is the child at the end is so confused and so mystified by, the, by, the, by how to solve a problem, then they, they throw up their hands and they resort to using a calculator. And sure enough, that is the, that is the objective of this mathematical program called Everyday Math. That mm -hmm. is, the most efficient way to solve a problem is with a calculator. And indeed, the longest and most uh, uh, elaborate uh, uh, chapters in the book explain how to best use a calculator. So these children, <laughs> when they go from, they don't, learn, they don't learn their math tables. They don't learn addition. They don't learn subtraction. They don't learn multiplication. They cannot do mathematics, the simplest mathematics in their head. They must use a calculator. So these children, when they get into high school, they, they, they will go into advanced courses. But understand this, when they take the SATs, when they take these, these uh, 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 aptitude tests, okay, they are allowed to use calculators. Now, when I took the SAT, we were not allowed to. And I, I, actually, I, I misspoke. I can't say for sure that they're allowed to use calculators now on the SATs. I do know in Virginia for the SOLs, which are the standard of learning for the schools, they are allowed to use calculators. And that's how they conceal what they're doing to the children. Because in, when they take the SOL, so for instance, for fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, when they take the standards of learning and they give them a math problem and they can solve that math problem on that test, that standardized test, then everything, it, the, 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 what they've done to the children is concealed because it, it, they get the problem right and they say, okay, they can solve these basic problems. What, but what is not understood is they're all using calculators. They're not, they're, they, don't, they don't understand their math tables. They don't understand multiplication. They don't understand simple addition. And when they get into high school, they must have a calculator in order to do uh, sophisticated problems. And indeed, in, in the uh, advanced calculus and trigonometry, yes, they use calculators for that, okay. But, it, but in the old days when they used calculators for that, they understood what the equation was. They understood how to get to that point. They, don't know, they no longer understand that. They simply understand the basic principle and what the calculator tells them. And so what you have is these children who graduate, when they go shopping, they have to have a label telling them, okay, how many, how many pennies per ounce does this cost compared to that one? They can't do anything in their head. In the old days when we used to shop, you'd look at a label and you could figure out in your head what the difference in price was, whether you were saving money. Well, now they've dumbed it down. They have, the, they have it right on the label. Why? Because these children cannot function as adults now any longer unless they're actually told what the difference is. And, and that's a function of the educational system. And that's just one, one little thing. That's, that's the everyday math. I mean, there are <laughs> other things like block scheduling that they brought into school systems. And I could go on and on. But I'll stop and we can address it. Well, you know, it reminds me of my dad. My dad has an eighth grade education, but he can figure out angles on plumbing and offsets and proper venting of, of commercial buildings better than any of the five-year apprentice that come out of uh, school today. And here he has an eighth And he'll, he'll start talking to these young plumbers. Can I get a kick here? And my daddy goes, don't you even know how to cipher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but anyway, uh, Kevin, uh, I know you've you've had some experiences as well. Um, and then after, yeah, Kevin, kind of go in your thoughts about this and how this dumbing down is also uh, uh, is just mind controlling people in a way away from any kind of absolute spirituality but go ahead Kevin well yeah I I didn't go to college so I I had a 12-year education but when, when this subject came up I wrote down something and then Ed just explained it 
how perfect <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, I wrote down it's what's happening is it's an illusion of success with no practical application. Right. In, in other words, yeah. these kids are graduating with with these titles and an illusion that they know something when in the real world they, they can't put it to use. No. Um, I even heard that uh, by this method, the various methods that these kids can use to arrive at an answer, there's no real right answer. So whatever answer they come up with, it, it, it works for them, it's okay for them, but it may not be okay for somebody else because they're afraid to even grade someone in a, a wrong answer because it hurts his feelings or something. Well, that's another, yeah. that's another and, good, and that's you, another good point. You, yeah, once yeah. you get to once you get to at least the college level, my experience mm-hmm. is it, then it becomes just total mind control because now of course it's been twenty years, twenty five years, thirty years since I've been in college. But when I was in college, mm-hmm. if you did not feed back exactly what the professor and if he got any idea that you weren't with him one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Your, GP, your GPA was affected. The only way I maintained a 3.76 GPA at the University of Kansas was just giving them back what they fed me, just telling them what they want to hear, you know? Oh, right. and, yeah, sure. and the thing of it is, I was I was looking at my transcript laughing the other day. The classes, as a, as a, as a liberal arts student with a major in psychology that I have to take, you know, mm-hmm. which... which Transpersonal psychology, metaphysical psychology, abnormal psychology, fine mm. arts and the history of fine arts, the history mm. of literature, the history of philosophy, social social psychology, um, public speaking, analyzing your audience. You know, I mean, some of the human human sexuality. I mean, that human sexuality class was was de- basically taking a pornographic class is all it was, you know. And yeah. when you get into this liberal arts thing, I mean, think about this. <clears throat> I remember the first thing that one of the professors at KU told me, told the class, he says, if I'm going to teach you anything in this class, the first thing you're going to learn is there's only one absolute in life, and that is there aren't any, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, right. what, he, yeah. what he's thought to do is he sought to tear down any kind of visage that you had of the family, of the uh, benefits of uh, fine culture, of the benefits of knowing proper history. He attacked everything. And he he tried to tear people's, any preconceptions that they had, for an example, a, a traditional family, he would try to tear that down. And so... When you think about the term liberal arts, it means something that's not orthodox. In other words, something that is open, like you said, open for anything. And right. and then the whole thing with the, the teaching is it's all about cultural relevance. And I remember I was taking a public speaking class, and the public speaker uh, speaking teacher said, you know, the most important thing about being a good public speaker is being a uh, chameleon. You've got to analyze your audience and whatever they want to hear, you feed them what you want to hear. That's what they taught regarding public speaking. And I think that that's what they must teach the the, the pastors in seminary. Uh, yeah. Mark, Mark, what's, Mark, what's been your experience uh, with education? Um, I was in high school in the mid to late 1970s. Uh, in Palos Verdes, California, where I grew up. Uh, and I recall they, uh, when I failed the first math class, I was diverted from all future math classes the rest of my time in high school. And wow. so I feel like I was deliberately set up to fail, as, as Ed was referring to how they dumbed down these kids. By telling them so much information, oh, you can do it this way, or you can do it that way, or this other way, and you're bombarding these kids with so much information, they just go, forget it. It's too much. I can't deal with it all at once. Information overkill. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's really you know, and and what I what I'm amazed at, I and I want to share something, and I I don't. This is not meant to be derogatory. I got a mind. I've got a friend of mine on Facebook um, that. Uh, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got a, a friend of mine on Facebook. She's a black gal, and she the way I met her is she said that one of her favorite books was Arthur Pink's Sovereignty of God, and I just put on there, well, anybody that's a friend of Arthur Pink's a friend of mine. Yeah, okay. That's well, anyway, we she recently, and you know, I've had some interchange back and forth, but I was shocked recently. She posted something on Facebook. Uh, it was a picture of her and her daughter and their family. And her daughter just graduated in the top of her class in secondary education. Uh, I've got a master's in, in for teaching in secondary education. She says, I am so proud of my daughter, you know. And I just thought, what, you know, I, I just struggle with that. I'm thinking, what is there to be proud of? She's going to be teaching. She's just going to be regurgitating to all these students all of the lies that she's been taught. Yep. And and I just, I just, it's hard for me to, you know, it's like Michael, my friend Michael, he's got five kids, and he said, you know, can't, can you, Larry, can't you rationalize that, you know, you can just maybe get through a class or get through a degree just so you can go out and get a job, even if you, you really don't believe it, you just tell them what they want just to get I go. That's not even being intellectually honest. I mean, right. if you're, if you're, that's like saying, going into court and telling the judge, well, here's, here, I, here's what I know the judge. Well, this isn't really the true story, but I'll tell him what he wants to hear, so I'll get the outcome. That's, that's what outcome-based education is. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just, and so I, that's what happened with me, uh, because I remember I had a, a logic teacher. And I got into like the second class. He was talking about, you know, there's a there's pure, he goes logic is the only thing that's pure was the, the word he used pure. And uh-huh. I was I was kind of stupid. I was I hadn't been I hadn't been programmed totally. And I raised my hand and I said, "There's no that's not that's a oxymoron in terms pure logic." He goes, "What are you talking about?" I go. There's nothing pure on the face of the earth, and that includes logic. Everything ha- is distorted because we're living in a fallen world. Well, that's all yeah. I need to say. I mean, that was. I mean, he 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 hated me from then on. He didn't want to talk to me about anything. See, but see, that's your sure. whole idea. They set forth certain presuppositions, okay, yep. and then they 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 build up a straw man and then they knock it out from under you. Yeah. And, uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, I'd be interested. Now, Chris, we were talking about when you decided to opt out of the college route. Uh, you went, you went another direction. What, what was it that you did, Chris? Well, thank you for uh, bearing with me. I had that other call, but uh, you know, whatever happened to the, the the three R's? I think Ed touched on what what Carlin, George Carlin, the atheist. Uh, said uh, in in that rhyme and reason uh, that was actually funny, but but ultimately we owe fifty thousand dollars, and and all we were doing were we were appeasing the professor, even right. if the, even if we know the answer is X, and we give him, and he 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 wants he wants Y for an answer yeah. and we give him X, you failed. Yeah. Because it, it gets personal and they get their feelings hurt and it's their way or the highway. It's like you said, I mean, there's just so many uh, restraining factors keeping people from an education that it's just uncanny to oh, even yeah. bother. But, but, but as far as trade goes, uh, go ahead. You forgot. You forgot the most important thing in the whole thing. Well, the I wasn't there yet. The, Go ahead. The, the, hick, the hickory stick. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think even to this day, especially in private schools, you're allowed to sign a waiver and say, "Yeah, if my if my child needs 
needs a, a, a whacking, give him a good whacking. Because we're paying tuition and we're paying, to talk about insult to injury, we're paying property taxes on top of junior's education, yet yeah. we're sending him to a parochial school. So yeah. all of yeah. this stuff doesn't add up to anything. Uh, remember new math? You, you, oh, you know, yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with remedial courses because they never taught you initially uh, the three R's or whatever, whatever was specific to what you're trying to achieve. So you have no, uh, they, they actually want to displace the function of the goal that you may have set. As I'd mentioned before, honestly, Nobody knows what the heck they want to be when they grow up. Uh, people don't even begin to understand what they might want to endeavor into whatever vocation until they're 40. Let's be I'm honest. Oh, then I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> even to this day. Yeah, exactly. But but that's well, about my uh, that's about well, what well, I have that's, to that's say why on have, that. That's what that's why you have to go on and you know, you, you can't just stop with a four-year liberal arts. You've got to go on. This will help you more discover if you get an advanced degree. I looked up, I looked up in, the, in Webster's Dictionary, graduate education, and you know, what the, you know what it said? Further stage of development. <laughs> oh, swell. Yeah. You, you know, really, when you look at it, honestly, the kids are going on to college just so they can continue being students. And yeah, they don't yeah. Have to professional, the real world. professional yeah. students is what is what yeah. we've churned out, uh, yeah. Brother Kevin. It, it, which it is should, a bad state. It, yeah, it should be a legislated government stand that you graduate from high school and then you work for a couple of years, and then you'll know what you want to do if you want to exactly. pursue higher education. But, yeah. but fr frankly, government should have no hand in the education process from the yeah. onset. It, yeah. it is not. It is not constitutionally ma mandated, uh, mm -hmm. Brother Ed, that, uh, that, that you can attest to this. That that there is no rhyme or reason for uh, uh, for uh, 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 the state to run uh, yeah. uh, the, the education system, and look where they've run it into the ground, brother. And and I think psychologically, when we call children kids. We all know that kids are the offspring of goats, so I think we've we've set them up to fail. Just yeah, well, you know, Michael, 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 yeah, Michael Smith was asking me, well, Larry, can't can I just steer my kids to? Um, I, I mean, I know you don't like to use that. Can I steer my children, children. to like become, you know get a degree in like uh, engineering? They will. I said, understand that it doesn't matter what you get your degree in. You're still mandated to take certain mandatory electives. courses like philosophy. They're called electives, unrelated yeah. electives. Yeah. Well, and you're also mandated to take non-electives that you don't have a choice to take. In other words, even yeah. if you're an engineering student and you're taking science and microbiology, and and by the way, every one of those, <laughs> Ed, Ed can best attest for this, even if you're taking the left brain, not the pseudoscience class, even if you're taking them, they all have presuppositions filled with lies. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Ed's book on, on the greatest lie on earth. I mean, the whole thing about the heliocentric model. I mean, N nails whole, it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's amazing to me, Ed, as you went after you had gone through your undergraduate and then you went on to uh, law school and everything. Did you find that uh, the professors were were as much mind controllers as they were in in undergraduate? Without a question. In fact, it was more so because it was um, more elect. The classes were virtually all lectures. Wow. So let me give you let me give you an example. Uh, and now, Chris Chris makes a really good point. Uh, that I hope you I hope you all got because it's probably the most important thing that that 
and that is that under our system of government, uh, there should be no governmental schools at all. Okay, the way this country was founded, there should be no public education. Uh, government is force. And Thomas Jefferson screwed it all up by getting the government into education. Education has always been private. It, or I shouldn't say always been. It should, it should be private, and that's the, that was the intent of, of our founding fathers. But bottom line is it's been screwed up big time. Government is force, and when the government has control of education, they will indoctrinate you. I'll give you an example. In law school, for instance, um, we were taught that the Bill of Rights are the first eight amendments to the Constitution. Now, I'm, I knew enough to know that that was not right. There was something strange about it. And this is, this, is the, this, is the, this is the expert professor in constitutional law in, in, in college, okay? And the why? Why did he say that the first eight amendments were the Bill of Rights when we all know that it's the first ten amendments? Why? Because the ninth and tenth, tenth amendments are the keys to the Constitution. They are the keys to understanding the Constitution. And without those, people will be completely ignorant of the limitations of the federal government, see? Mm -hmm. And with those, they will have an understanding of our rights, that they are God-given, and that the Bill of Rights is simply a list of rights that the government cannot infringe upon, and that, when the, uh, uh, and that those powers that are not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people, respectively. That's the important point that is made in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. And now, yep. But 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 with regard to um, some of the specifics of our educational system, the math, for instance. One time, there was the head of the math department for all of the um, uh, the uh, elementary schools and middle school, I believe, for the county. She was. this was the first year they were doing the everyday math, and she was up there to try to assuage the objections of parents, to try to explain how wonderful the system was. So she was up there showing how to multiply using some of these new systems, some of these new, new equations, how to multiply two two-digit numbers. And I raised my hand, and I said, oh, that's great, okay. But if you, if you increase that to three-digit numbers, you will not be able to solve that problem using your system. She said, oh, yes, I will. I said, okay. And I said, now add, add two numbers. I, add, I just picked out two random numbers to add at the end. And so she said, okay. And she started doing it, and sure enough, she got the wrong answer. Okay? <laughs> and it, this was full of a room full of parents, and one person said, I think Mr. Henry has made, a, made his point. And she was thoroughly embarrassed, okay? <laughs> but, that, but that's the problem with these systems. They break down as you get to larger numbers, okay? Be, and and yeah. another thing. Another thing that they do in the, in the uh, elementary schools, and you should all be concerned about this, uh, if you don't have children, you have grandchildren, and be aware, and you should understand, and, and, and it's important that they learn how to read using phonics. Why do I say that? Okay. Phonics, absolutely. In, in, schools, in schools, they will teach phonics. Okay, they'll say, oh, yes, we teach phonics. But understand this, they teach both phonics and look say. And so therein lies the poison. They sprinkle yeah. it with the poison. Here's the problem. The look-say method of reading is where the child learns how to um, uh, 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 identify the uh, appearance of a word. So cat. They don't sound out cat. They don't sound that out. They see the C-A-T means cat. And so the smart kids will be able to memorize words real quick. So they're not forced into the more slow and methodical phonics. And the problem is, at about the third grade level, when they start getting the polysyllabic words, now they cannot memorize enough words. And now they have to put together different syllables. And that's when dyslexia manifests, okay? Mm-hmm. And dyslexia happens to the smarter kids. Why? They can memorize more words at a younger age. And so these look-say books like Dr. Zeus and Dick and Jane, those are all look-say books. They are designed to cripple the children in their ability to read. Look, this, uh, dyslexia has been around for a long time. And the guy who discovered the, the cause of dyslexia, which is the look-say method of reading, 
has also discovered the cure, and the cure is intensive phonics, okay? That's the only cure for dyslexia. Dyslexia has nothing to do with a brain dysfunction. Dyslexia is manifested that way by, by the letters being transposed, but dyslexia is a result of using the look-say method of reading. Throw out your Dr. Zeus books. Those things are garbage. <laughs> they teach the kids how to memorize the appearance of a word, yeah, fine, you can have your two-year-old read a Dr. Zeus and, oh, how brilliant that child is. Yeah, all you've done is ingrained in that child the look-say method of reading, and they will be crippled because now they will not it, – it's easier. It's an easier way to learn to read. Um, and it, it, uh, because it's easier, that's what kids will gravitate to given the choice of that or phonics. You have yeah. to force them into phonics, keep learning phonics early on, and then – that, and you train a child how they, will, how they should act when they're young, and this is not just moral. This is also with regard to reading, and they won't deviate. They'll learn phonics, and, and they have to get a foundation in phonics. I think that's a real important thing. Because and, and, you know, memorization, memorization is what they're encouraging today. And, and what if the child is not endowed with a photographic memory? And even if the child has a photographic memory, he would still be at a loss, a loss for, pardon the pun, for words, because he hasn't mastered phonics. Phonics is the key. And, and some liberal uh, communist got in there. I think it was, wasn't it Dewey that, that yeah. went in there yeah. and, and queered the whole learning uh, system? Who was it, Brother a, Ed? Or, or yeah, brother? Well, that's another, that's, yeah, another really, right. that's another really good point you're making, Chris, because uh, and, and Ed touched on it, and that is the problem with how this whole educational system started in this set. It goes back to the delineation of the responsibility of the parents, because if, at one time yeah. the were responsible for teaching their children, and then they started delegating it, and the more they delegated it out, system God. It reminds me of the church at Rome, you know. And the other thing is, is and by the way, and I want you to know, I do not like green eggs and ham. I want you to know. <laughs> oh, uh, Sam, I am. Uh, Dr. Yeah, Sam. That's yeah. right. now, I, I always, by the way, I always, by the way, do you, do you know why he wrote that book? No. Uh, uh, the, he wrote that book on a challenge that he could write a book using only 100 words. <laughs> and if you count the oh, words up, he only used 100 words in that book. Wow. I know. I remember. I used to love to read that. The cat in the hat, you know. And the cat yeah. in the hat comes. The cat in the hat comes back. But anyway, no. <laughs> and the other thing. The other thing I want to kind of bring this conversation to uh, something we've kind of not even touched on, and that is, you know, I've got a primer. Uh, the early primers they used when they were teaching the kids the alphabet from at homeschooling. And it was it was all tied to the Bible. Mm-hmm. They were when, when they were teaching the alphabet, they were teaching the the scriptures. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have an original set. I have an original set of the McGuffey readers. Yeah. And I don't know if they sell them anymore, but I still have that set. I've used it for my children, and I will tell you, um, it is the best book. Now you have to get the original. Don't get the new McGuffey reader. They've stripped oh. out all the biblical passages and everything out of the new one. You've got to get the original. I think Mott Media had it. I don't know if they have it anymore. I bought it probably 30 years ago. Isn't that so like them to strip out everything in the core? And, and remember, remember, remember New Math? I mean, uh, they just can't leave anything alone. I remember New Math, and my father was brilliant in so many ways. And, and he looked at, you know, I think I was dealing with algebra in, in the ninth grade, you know, for the first time. And I was pretty mathematically inclined. You can't change the summation of one plus one will always equal two. Now, now with, with is it, is it, it's a paragon. You know, what you have is, is new math coupled with the stupidity of man trying to improve on something that, but you can't change the fact that, that it, you, you know, you know, mathematics is the only perfect science. And, and, and if you asked me what is 
what is science? I'd have to say science is man's and only man's supposition in regard to whatever the topic is. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start messing around with this stuff under the guise of a better way, well, we've seen what what progress that that endeavor has netted. Yeah, and it's all If you go back to history uh, and you look at um, <laughs> kind of what happened with certain people around that, that and I don't want to you know, spend a lot of time on it, but I mean, if you read Ed's book on The Greatest Lie, um, the people that, at the, that seem to be, you know, at the top of the top, crim of the crypt, uh, are the ones that can be used as the best best useful idiots because they can start changing the theorems. By the way, a theorem, what does the word theorem mean? The word theorem means a theory. It's not rooted right. and grounded in anything. Uh, you know, a theory, people talk about causality and what, yeah. you know, and and, and the and hypothesis and all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like what, what Ed said earlier about the fact that people like to use the word science. The Bible calls it so-called science, okay? Supposition. Yeah, presuppositions. And so that... You know, I, I guess the only true wisdom is the wisdom of God because oh, amen. He, he created all things. And I I like to go back to, you know, First Corinthians, and he says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the, the fruit. Where is the wise? Where is the strife? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? You know, yeah. we're after the we're after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. And so there's a there's a dichotomy we're gonna go to a world system to get our wisdom, to get our degrees, to get our jobs, to get our vocations. We're Isn't gonna listen sad. we're gonna listen to people who are without any spiritual life whatsoever to plot our lives out for us. Yeah. Oh, they have big plans academically for 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 what they would term useful idiots or or endless eaters that have no function. You know, in their eyes, most people are fodder and will fight their wars like Rothschild wars, where they oh, yeah. can profit on either end of the of the battle. But they themselves will not partake in the conflict uh, physically. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I heard it, I heard a guy in the military. He told me something. I thought, man, that that I, I was speechless because I said he had gotten way up in the military. I mean, he, I don't know what his rank was, but he'd gone up there and he was making some big bucks and everything. And I said, how did you succeed in that system? And he said, my whole life is based on my faith in the military. Well, now, think about that. Here's what, here's what Scripture says. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. He had wow, put his, yeah, he had that put, is powerful, powerful rebuttal. Yeah, he had put all of his faith in a system and it had, it had rewarded him quite, but he was totally owned. I mean, you could tell this man was in such bondage. He was a yes person. And he, 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 said, he said, I do what I'm told and ask no questions. That's what he said. Well, sad. And, he's, and he makes up the, uh, he highlights the, uh, uh, he's a, he's a microcosm of the macro, yeah, of no, teacher, not, of, of teaching. Yeah, I'm not gonna, well, you part. know when you're when you're in a position uh, and you're under authority, what should be your response when to somebody in authority? Your response should be take it above his head because remember. 
Jesus has the heart of the king in his hands. Right. So he can right. change he can change your superior's heart. Yeah, there that's you right. Go. Yeah, so you, you really learn, learn to pray when you're taught. under authority. Or if you don't then you learn to pray even more when you're in authority because now, wow, they expect you to have all the answers. Well, that's a good case in point is Daniel. That's what he did. You know, he he wasn't going to succumb to the king's order. He was going to pray three times a day, and he opened up his curtains and let everybody know he was going to do it. And God Amen. delivered him out of the hands of the lion. That, I remember right. went into my office, and, and my supervisor, Kathy Collins, said, you will place children with homosexuals. And I said, uh-huh. I, can't, I, can't, I cannot do that. And she said, what do you Praise mean you God. cannot do it? It's part of your job. You will do it. And I said, no, I, I, I serve a higher authority than you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's God for that outcome. The Nehemiah, too. You remember Nehemiah said a short prayer before he answered the king. And then that's the king right. granted, granted, him, granted him his request. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we, we well, can challenge authority. I'm amazed at how our system is so, it's, it's, you know, like right now with what's going on with the FBI and the CIA and the Justice Department and everything. Oh, they're back, all dirty. It's, it's back out. to what Ed, Ed was saying. They, you know, the the person at the, it's, it's, a, it's a trickle down. And, you know, as long as you're doing what your superior tells you to do, it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong. That, that's not the issue. I do what I'm told, and I say nothing. It's a, it's a, it's such a. I was thinking about uh, MK Ultra and Kathy yeah, O'Brien. You know, Mind control. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like even within the Armenian churches, I feel like I was as mind controlled as Kathy O'Brien. In her daughter. Years. Yeah, and yeah. molestation. Yeah. yeah, you know it's 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 funny when I was first saved, and I the only churches I knew, I didn't know this what Arminian and Calvinism I didn't know that. Yeah, but I would read Bible passages and I would skip over them because I didn't understand them. They made no sense to me. With right. what I was being told in church, it would it made no sense. the The idea that that someone couldn't believe in Christ because he didn't give them the ability to believe. It just didn't compute with me. It's like, well, okay, skip over that. And it's, you know, it was only by prayer and revelation by God from God that I was able to understand what was happening. These churches, these churches are satanic. Yeah. They yeah. teach a satanic doctrine that if you really have to pray to get out from underneath that conditioning. And it's only by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit that I was able to understand the, 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 the devilish doctrine that was being preached from the pulpit. Well, you're right, you know, and that, that goes all the way through, not only in the churches, that follows through in our local governments, that follows through in, in the corporations. I mean, when the, the Scripture says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness unto him. That's what it means. So if a person is dead in a trespass and trespasses in sin, how can they, how can, how can they, uh, it's, it's almost like you're, you're in a, uh, a vacuum because any time you have any conversation with some of these folks, uh, their eyes start glazing over. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Especially in today's culture with this cultural relevancy and this cultural tolerance and this uh you know, I, I heard a, a gal this weekend, she said the best thing that happened to America is when the women started taking over. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Reminds me of that scripture, the women shall rule over them. Their children and women shall rule over them. Right. And the children will oppress them, and the women will have rule over the man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we not living that, brother, brethren? Sure. Even yeah. now. Yeah, because children are running the households, and they're 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 oppressing the parents, which cave that into them. Father, right, yeah. brother Kevin, and fathers are considered buddies to their son. 
Yeah, instead that's of right. Mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. This is wrong, but yeah. they won't consult God's order. I remember yeah. I was talking. You know, you guys know who Richard Bennett is, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. A Catholic uh, ex-priest. Yeah, I was talking. I was talking to him one day. We were talking on the phone, and he said, "Larry, he said, people don't realize it, but he said the Catholic Church has nothing to do with with in their in their seminary instructions. They have nothing to do with the Bible." He said, "The first the first three years, all we studied was Socrates and Aristotle and the philosophers." He said, they so ingrained us in, in the natural philosophy of man and Kant and all these different philosophers. He said, by the time they got to the Bible, he said, we questioned everything. We, there was absolutely nothing. He said, our minds were mush. Okay. Yep. You know, and, you know, I remember some of the philosophy classes that I took, and I know, and you had to go through that same scenario and you start reading these philosophers and all of a sudden you just you know you, you, what is reality here you know right. what where where are these people getting the basis for these presuppositions they're setting forth i remember you know plato and people talk you know want to put plato on a great pedestal and so on and and then when you start reading the some of the supposedly renowned theologians, I mean, if you start reading through Calvin's Institutes, you will get really confused because Calvin is the most duplicitous person I've read. I mean, he's very duplicitous. I know a lot of people take issue when I say that, but Calvin will make assertions about something and then he'll say something totally different in two paragraphs down. Well, you 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 want to know something interesting about Calvin? He was only a four-point Calvinist. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he and believed Calvin, in universal. He believed in universal atonement. Most people don't understand that. But yet, at the same time, he he says that he was uh, he 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 believed in reprobation. You know, that's what I'm talking about. If you read his treatise on reprobation, and then you read his treatise on baptism, they don't even line up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in one area, Calvin, I was reading Calvin, and he said. We know that the New Testament church's mode of baptism was, uh, you know, was immersion, but we we just, the council didn't go along with it because, it, you know, more people were, were accepting of infant baptism and sprinkling. So in other words, it had nothing to do with what the Bible said, and I'm just using that as one example. And so we see the same thing going on in the cemeteries as going on in graduate level schools. You know, a master's counsel, a guy that was my guidance counselor in college, trying to steer me as to what direction I should go in my career and all this garbage. I got into a conversation with him because I was starting to study the Bible. And I said, hey, what do you think about the five points? Uh, I said, I know you, because he had a degree in theology, by the way. And he said, oh, that's nonsense. He goes, those five points don't mean anything. He said, take them and throw them out. And I said, wait a minute, let's talk about them individually. He said, I don't want to talk about any of them, because he said, that whole concept of total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, final perseverance, he knew them. He says, that whole thing, makes God a tyrant, and that's not the God I serve. And that's the, see, that, in other words, what, it has nothing to do with what the Bible says. It's what, I don't like it because that's not, that's not, that doesn't make me feel good. Think about, think about what he just said. Think about what he just said. He called God a tyrant. Yeah. Because that is God. Yeah. God is. is the sovereign Lord who, I mean, that is, he, he's basically said the essence of the of the Bible, the essence of the gospel, the essence of who God is, and that He's a tyrant. See, that's yeah. the thing the the, the 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 gulf between Arminianism and God's grace is so great that there can be no meeting of the minds. There can be no fellowship with them. No, you're right. You're right. 
Yeah. You know, that's another thing that just torched me is I get around some of these people and they, they start talking about some of these, you know, uh, theologians. And they, and they refer to them, even in, in the 16th century, a lot of them referred to them as the divine. Give me a break. These people aren't divine. There's only one divine. And that's God. And when, when people start referring to John Calvin or whoever, I, it doesn't matter whether it's John Huss or even if they were biblically correct, they're not divine. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And Christ said, call no man father. And he said, you know, call no man master. And like mm-hmm. I said before, we have John MacArthur over there and with master's college, you know? Yeah. Why do people want to take on these titles? You know, it's because it's pride. I had a guy tell me one time, he goes, I want to be just like so-and-so. And you mentioned someone. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be like, I said, you know, and then there's people that say, you know, uh, just walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I had a guy tell me that one time. And I say, there's no way you can walk in Jesus' footsteps. The only way you can, the only way you can live a life is through the right, the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ, not in your own steps. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off. But this whole idea of, of putting people up on a pedestal, I yeah. remember they, they would have these uh, graduation ceremonies up there at the Bible College. And the people that had certain colors on their tassels on their, was the ones that had higher degree. In other words, this person got a master's degree in theology. This person got a PhD. This person got a doctor's degree. And, and the ones that had the gold were the ones that were at the top, and they were the ones that always got to sit up there right next to the president, and they usually got to speak, too. Now, yeah. that's, what, called, that's called broadening your phylacteries. <laughs> <laughs> but my question is, what, okay, what kind of message is that giving to young people? Okay, in other words, we'll put this person up here on a pedestal. They have a higher IQ, supposedly, which that is anomaly as well. And then someone down here that is, you know, maybe a blue-collar worker is treated like dumb, you know. Uh, but yet Paul worked with his hands. He was a tent maker. Yeah. Yep. Good yeah. point. And, and the words of Elihu to Job's advisors, you remember Elihu said that God puts the spirit in a man and it comes not by the number of years nor the number of books. Right. Yeah. So that's what the young people need to know, that wisdom is given from above and not, not the wisdom of, of the earth. Well, I'm, a good point. I must say, and I'm not saying this to uh, exalt it. I'm doing this to make a point, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are two people that are very highly educated that I know right now. I mean, I know a lot of highly educated people, but right now that I have conversations with I won't. I won't mention the other person. He's got two doctor degrees, one in Greek and one in Hebrew, and he wants everybody to know about it. But here I know. I know what level of education Ed has, and he and his his answer is, "I'm a recovering attorney." Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's appreciated. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah when Ed when Ed said that to me, humble. that's what that humble. solidified my relationship. Okay, <laughs> sure, very humble, but, nice. But that's very the nice. reason the reason I'm saying that is that this that's the difference in the attitudes, you know. Sure. And mm-hmm. that's what this educational system is about. It's about pride. It's about mm-hmm. and it's a false pride, like Ed's saying, because really it's a dumbing down. It's not making a person. Uh, more uh, spiritually, uh, inapt, it, it's making them more inept, and it's causing more blindness. And so, uh, anyway, I really appreciate it, you guys yeah. addressing. And it's and it's really irrelevant to a functional functioning society. These these people are just imagining something that that's of no use to to society. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'd like to see a return to the trade schools, but yeah. then you'd need you'd need the oh, jobs. Yeah. See, but now we're getting the robots, so it, it's a real problem. We we got the AI. Yeah, sad. 
Yeah, it is. And that, it is. That'll just put people out of work. You, you, yeah. you know, I think a, a little summation, I bet we all have summations in regard mm-hmm. to this this varied topic here, but it, it really, the Lord has brought to my remembrance this verse, mm-hmm. and they will all and they will all be taught of God. Yes. Yeah, uh, beautiful. Yeah, all, all of God's people will be taught of God. Well, yeah. that, isn't that's that right. what really counts? Mm-hmm. Because we live three score and ten, or maybe mm-hmm. four score. And mm-hmm. you know, brother, I got to tell you, I'm happy. I'm on the on the downward swoop of I call it an upward swoop of closer. There's a verse that says, or alludes to, you are closer now than you than you ever were before. Yeah, I'm, I'm badly paraphrasing that verse, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you, you know the right. intent. You know uh-huh. the intent that we're we're closer to home and the and the kingdom sure. than we than we were yesterday. Right. That's but, right. That's right. To be taught of God is everything mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. in our four score. Uh, time on Earth. That is long as, I'm, I'm going to try to find this McGuffey reader in the original. I'll you know, I just looked I... online. Uh, they have mm-hmm. them. They sell them. Uh, Christian, I think ChristianBooks.com, I, I believe, uh, has Beautiful. it. And uh, yeah, they're like ninety bucks for a whole set. I recommend cool. the entire set. And you want to cool. get the original, the original McGuffey readers. ChristianBooks.com yeah. has them for eighty nine bucks. Okay. For Thanks the whole so set. much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming on. Wow, that hour went by awful fast. I looked up at six fifty-eight. That's unreal. But you know, I think we—I mm-hmm. think that's probably one subject that we all are pretty much in total agreement on. That you know, our educational system is a far cry from anything that would would lend itself to, uh, you know, causing uh, any kind of uh, progress in our in our society today. We look at the downward spiral of our society, and we look at our educational system, and they line up pretty good. So anyway, uh, with that, I want to just thank everybody for coming on. Uh, and uh, where everybody knows, we're going to be having a fellowship up here on the 19th. And Brother Kevin, I think, is planning on coming up, and he's going to be speaking to us. And Michael's going to be here, so if you guys can come. I think Louise is planning on coming out as well. And are you going to? Are you going to? No, Larry. Session, Larry. Are you going to record the session, Larry, and put them on I'm Sermon gonna, Audio? Yeah, as long as my internet's working, we're going to put them on Sermon Audio. Yes, we are. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, right. Now, I wanted to say, Larry, that the way it looks is I'll be in Kansas City the 18th at 7.30 in the morning. Okay, great. Well, you, I will be there my with my bells on and my coffee. And I'll cool. Pick you up at the, I'll pick you an Amtrak on the 18th uh, uh, that morning. That's really, really neat. Okay, thanks. Yeah. And uh, if Michael's going to try to meet, go with me up there, he's going to try to take off and meet up there. And then also mm-hmm. I want to remind people, as long as it works out with Ed, he's going to try to be up here in June on the 16th. I think you're coming in on the 15th, right? You coming in on the 16th or the 15th, Ed? Uh, let me check the calendar. Uh, what? Uh, I got to look. No, I don't. I'm. I'm be, I'll be coming in on Friday. Okay. Which would be what is it? Friday the 15th. 15th. Yeah, 15th. Yeah. Okay. So we'll plan on having you know, having a service here on the 16th, and uh, Michael's going to talk to us about about his book and any other things that come up, and uh, we'll have several people. So you, if you guys can make it up, uh, be a great time there, too. Well, enough of that. Uh, thanks. Does anybody have any final thoughts on this before we close this out? Well, they took prayer out of the schools 50 years ago, and look at the result. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, they they want to put it back in. There's talk about it. It's uh, Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos wants to put it back in. So we'll see see what happens. Yeah. And one one more thought. My sister has six kids, and she homeschooled them all. And only two of them have gone bad. And compare that with public education. That's right. That's right. That's wonderful. wonderful. Well, that, that lines up with Scripture. 
you know, Mark, it says, train up a child the way she'll go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, you're taking that too literally. I'm just, that's just what the scripture says. So, right. Um, right. all right, well, good night, everybody, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you all next Monday night. God yes, bless you. God bless. I, I, by the way, I will be out of town uh, next week, so I won't be okay. here. All right. All right, so I won't be. Yeah. All, right. All right, appreciate yeah. the heads up on that. If anybody has any ideas about topics, uh, feel free to email me. With that, okay. I want to say good night, everybody. Thank God you. Good night, brother. Well, I, I love you all, my brethren, yeah. and there's the, it just goes by so fast that <laughs> as soon as it's over, I miss you all. Yes. yes. Love you. All right. God bless you. Bye bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.